Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome, Ms. Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, A.B. Burns Tucker, law student and host of I Am Legally Hype. Going to be a fascinating show. Top story of the day, Herschel Walker has lied about it all. He's lied about everything. Lying as Herschel Walker strikes again. Now, here's what I've done. I have compiled a running list of the lies that Herschel Walker has told. You gotta bear with me, it's a lot. He is probably the only person in politics who has lied more than Donald Trump per capita. We're talking about time frame, etc. Now, Herschel Walker, running for the US Senate, slaughtered the Republican field in the state of Georgia, is now running against Senator Warnock, and some polls actually have. Herschel Walker in the lead. Well, the new thing, you know, Herschel Walker says you got to be there for your children. He's tired of fathers not being there for their children, especially black fathers. Well, it seems as if Herschel Walker, according to the report that has been confirmed, Herschel Walker has a secret child that he doesn't see at all. Let me give you the background. Walker said at one point, and I want to apologize to the African American community. Because the fatherless home is a major, major problem. Walker said in a September 2020 interview on Tuesday, the Daily Beast published a bombshell report revealing that the Trump endorsed Georgia Senate candidate and former football star Herschel Walker has a son he has kept secret from the world. What a damn shame. That's just one exposure of a misrepresentation and hypocrisy of Herschel Walker. Another story that came out just a couple of days ago, Herschel Walker claimed to be an FBI agent at one point in his background and also claimed to work for the Cobb County Police Department. Herschel Walker said he worked in law enforcement, he did not. The Atlanta Journal Constitution on 6-13-22 found this quote, I worked for law enforcement, y'all didn't know that either, he said. I spent time at Quantico at the FBI training school. Y'all didn't know I was an agent, question mark. Oh, There's more. It wasn't the first time Walker said he was in law enforcement. The Atlanta Journal Constitution found while reviewing dozens of speeches and motivational talks by Walker posted online. He also said, and I quote, I work with the Cobb County Police Department. And I've been in criminal justice all my life. Now come back to me, because this is an interesting lie that he told. He said he worked for the Cobb County Police Department. He did not, Cobb County confirmed he never worked for them. He had no affiliation with them. His campaign came out with a statement 
that said, no, 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 no. He was an honorary deputy with the Cobb County Police Department. Well, I called them yesterday and Cobb County Police said they don't have an honorary deputy system. Doesn't exist, never has. They didn't suspend it because it was never there. His campaign lied to cover up the lie that Herschel Walker said, all right? And if you remember back in 2017, that was during the height of Herschel Walker telling people that he graduated from the University of Georgia with a degree in criminal justice and that he graduated at the top 1% of his class. He did not graduate at all. So it fit the first lie he told that he had a criminal justice degree. There's more. In 2000, he told Irving, Texas police, the police now, that he was in fact, and I quote, a certified police officer, a peace officer, according to the police report. Now that's illegal, by the way. And he has used his alleged law enforcement ties to justify why he has had a gun, including a 2001 incident when Herschel Walker pursued a man who was late delivering a car. He said, and I quote, I worked in law enforcement, so I had a gun. I put this gun in my holster and I said, I'm gonna kill this dude. He said this at a 2013 suicide prevention event for the US Army. There's more. Our investigation has uncovered that Herschel Walker at one point said that he was black and had rhythm. Here it is. Watch this right here. All right, I want you to watch this and stay with me here if you want to do this, all right? Take a look. I'm so I'm so upset. Not all these damn lies Herschel done told. That may be the biggest one. Maybe not. There's more. The Associated Press 521-22. In interviews and campaign appearances, the former Dallas Cowboy Heisman Trophy winner takes credit for founding and sometimes operating a program called Patriot Support. The program, Herschel Walker says, has taken him to military bases all over the world. Okay, so let me get this right, Herschel. You're the founder of this organization. That's a charitable organization, pro-veteran organization, and it takes you to military bases all over the world. Let's fact check it. Uh, He said, people need to know I started a military program, a military program that treats thousands of soldiers a year. Walker told Savannah TV station WTGS, this was back in February. This is a a more recent lie. Patriot support is not a charity, not a charity. It's a for-profit program specifically marketed to veterans that is offered by Universal Health Services. One of the largest hospital chains in the United States. Walker wasn't the program's founder either. It was created 11 years before Universal Health Services says it hired Walker as a spokesman and paid him 331 
$1,000 last year, another lie. In October, Herschel Walker told a UFC themed podcast, and I quote, I own a food company that's going to freak you out. I own the largest minority owned food company in the United States. The Daily Beast reviewed the show, that is nowhere near accurate. They confirmed there's no accuracy in that statement. By the black enterprise list, Walker's company is not even the largest black owned food company in Georgia. The Daily Beast asked the campaign for evidence to support the claim that the company ranks among the largest in that minority owned category. But as of the publication of that story, the campaign gave no answer. There's more. The Associated Press also reported that Herschel Walker claims contradicts what he told the government. The government in forgivable pandemic loan applications, free money. Renaissance Man Food reported eight employees on those documents. That's his company, Renaissance Man Food. He said, I got eight employees. But he told Fox Business in 2018 that he had 600 employees. When he went from 600 to eight, that contradiction allowed for $180,000 in loans that were forgiven. Walker's candidate financial disclosure shows he only drew a $100,000 salary from the company, which is contrary to the boast of him making millions based on his business. There's actually more. For years, Herschel Walker told the same inspiring lie that he graduated at the top 1% of his class at the University of Georgia. He's told the story according to a review of his speeches by CNN's K-File during motivational speeches over the years. And as recently as 2017 on the record, the only problem is simply 100% not true. He never graduated from the University of Georgia. He never graduated in the top 1%, obviously. He never obtained a criminal justice degree. Walker said, and I quote, this is him lying again. And all of a sudden, I started going to the library, getting books, standing in front of a mirror, reading to myself so that Herschel, that all the kids said was become valedictorian of his class, graduated University of Georgia in the top 1% of his class. And the crowd goes wild. Herschel Walker no longer, it's a lie, all lies, decades lies. To some, this will be comical. And I understand the gesture because you have to laugh not to cry. Remember, this man was the top fundraiser for the Republican Party as a Republican candidate in the United States of America. This man is raising more money than virtually anyone in the country running for the US Senate. He beat all Republicans. He even beats a statewide Republican in Georgia that was already elected statewide. Politicians also bear some blame here, politicians in general, because politicians have lowered the bar so much that liars like Herschel Walker become competitive 
in the arena of the industry known as politics. AB, thoughts on this? First and foremost, Lil Herschel, okay, baby daddy Herschel. How <laughs> you thought you was gonna run against this God-fearing man and God wasn't gonna expose you, okay? The only FBI you got going on is you a full-on black idiot. Knock it off, okay? <laughs> now, I one thing I don't like is when politicians use trauma from the black community to try to get votes. Y'all need to stop that first and foremost, okay? And I'm pretty sure after seeing them dance moves, his son wished he was still a secret. Because <laughs> I wouldn't want nobody to know that I was my daddy after seeing how he was moving, okay? Now, his only criminal justice experience that I have seen thus far is pulling guns on people and acting a fool. That's it. So I pray, I pray to God that Georgia comes out and they vote properly and they vote for their Senate and make sure that this man does not get a seat. Because if he do, Georgia gonna be in trouble, the world gonna be in trouble. Cuz he is out of line, out of pocket. And it's just, it ain't no way, it's yeah. no way, it's no yeah. way. Yeah, and, and listen, there were actually more lies I decided to cap it at a certain point. Uh, but we will provide more information as stories continue to develop on line as Herschel Walker. All right, racist a white male, a racist white male threatens a family at a park. He needs to be identified and arrested. Let me take you to the first video. Ma'am, you need to get my child. You need face. to get yeah, out of my space right now. I dare you. You're recorded and this is gonna be aired. And we'll see if you have a job tomorrow. That's great, We'll see if you have a job tomorrow. Yes, I will have a job. We'll see, you do not come in a woman's face and threaten to break her jaw. You do yeah. not threaten to break my jaw. Listen, you do not threaten to break my jaw. Get out of her face. Do you understand? Because I have my mates. And they can go really, really bad. Let's call the police right now because you threatened me on camera. Yes. Yes, you did. Call the police. If my child gets hurt. Let's call the police. I am not going to go drop Let's call the police. Call them right now because you're not going to threaten me. Did you get it on? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. One correction, madam, he is not a man, he's a coward. There's more video. Listen, this all would have been solved if you just would have respected when I said, please watch your child from knocking No, I said give me six feet. You came in my face. Because I No, not because you don't go in a woman's face. And so are you. So are you. You never go in a woman's face. All I care about is the kids. I don't care about what you said. You do not come in my face. It's not even my You do not come in my face. And you call me classless, look at you. Because you want me to go to you when when your kid I would never go into someone's face. I stopped him before something happened. I understand. All I said was, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm talking to him. I don't care. I can do what I want to do. 
because you don't have English class. And neither do you. It's in front of your daughter talking to another woman like that. You're not a woman, okay? You are not a man. That's my cousin. He's a gentleman. Where's Bruce? I don't care. But you're not going to talk to my cousin like that. They're going to have a conversation with me. I'm just trying to prove my point. I only care about the kids' safety. You're not proving a point. If you cared about the kids' safety, you wouldn't even talk like that. You wouldn't even talk like that. We'll see if you have an apology on ABC News tomorrow. I don't care. You're not going to do anything to me. You can't touch me. I work for myself. We will see. And yeah, and zero reviews on Google. We will see. That's great. Well, it may not be on ABC News. He's on something better called Indisputable. Okay, let's put up the picture of the women who he threatened. That's, that was a terroristic threat he made against both Sonia Telesnord and her sister Faria Bathol. All right, now keep that picture up. So let me give you some background. They were holding a birthday party at the park earlier this week at Baker Park in Naples, Florida. Florida, okay? Sonia and Faria's children ran to the playground straight for the slide, but the kids ran back after they were confronted by that white male. Sonia's 12 year old daughter began recording the altercation on Sonia's phone once things escalated the way they did. Smart girl. Sonia dubbed the currently unidentified man as Safety Patrol Carl on her Facebook post. Put up his picture, cuz we need to identify him. Carl, in quotations, not only called Faria an animal, but added she was classless and trash. He also made at least two sexually inappropriate retorts during the back and forth that we could not air on Indisputable. This person was concerned, according to him, about Sonia's 10 year old child going down the slide because there was an 18 month old baby in the area of the park designated for older children, okay, that's the sign. The police, they were called, a report was taken, but they decided not to make an arrest of this individual. The man may have also been involved in another incident. After Sonia posted her ordeal and videos online, she she received a message from another woman in that area saying the same man was caught on camera choke slamming her 15 year old brother at a Naples movie theater just days prior to the park altercation. The 15 year old told us he was shocked when the man confronted him, wrapped his hand around his neck and took him to the ground for allegedly bumping into his child after a movie. The man ran away from the theater employees before the police could arrive. Victims in both recent incidents hope the man is brought to justice, put up his picture again. Now, this is a dangerous white male. He should be considered a suspect and he needs to be arrested. Now we're going to put pressure on local law enforcement to do the right thing. If you know the identity of this cowardly actor, please make sure you tag me and I would know what to do with the rest. All right, AB, once again, White male dominance believes he can speak to black women any kind of way, even threaten to physically harm them and he will be protected. And guess what? He was correct. They did not arrest him. For now. Yeah. For now. And I think these type of white people know exactly what type of black women to run up on because it wouldn't have been, it couldn't have been me. Could have never. 
this is getting out of control. It's getting out of control and we're gonna have to figure out a way. I don't know what we need to do, but figure out a way to keep these white men in their place because he is a dangerous predator, right? You are a super predator. Preying on black people in general. You don't have no business putting your hands on a child for whatever reason. You need to stay out of kids' business because you're a grown man. Now you're out of line for having your 18 month old in a park area that's designated for children ages 5 through 12. Yeah, but, isn't it? Yeah, but go the ahead. Black woman is, is the animal, right? right? And she's out of line. That's the irony of it all, right? His privilege is so massive that he believes. Not only can he break the rules, but he can break the law and then blame everybody else around him when he in fact is in the wrong on multiple levels. Once again, if you know him, if this person is in your family, do the right thing. I know you don't like him. I know you don't like the guy, all right? Go ahead and make sure I know who he is. Okay, Um, savages. Thugs, you see these thugs, they decided to steal a seven year old autistic child scooter. Let's put up these thugs full mass here, okay? It was a red three wheeled scooter. It was stolen from a Kansas Walmart where the child was shopping with his mom on Sunday night to help recover the stolen Scooter police release these surveillance photos of the three women responsible. The photo shows one woman riding it. Let's go to that one. Look at these lawless thugs. Seven year old Brantley had left the scooter outside the Walmart while his mother Jennifer Lamo and him went inside the store. Let's look at that. Great family, sweet kid, okay? When they left the store, his scooter was gone. When speaking with KMBC News, the mother said, why? Why would you do that? Brantley is autistic and the scooter meant a lot to him. It's sentimental because of a connection to a family friend who helped purchase it. The mother added and I quote, we were surprised and standing there listening to him ask the customer service in the loss prevention unit, I want my scooter back, please. Thankfully, Brantley did get a scooter back on Tuesday. This story does have a happy ending. The women who took the scooter returned to Monday afternoon once they saw themselves on social media. The police report was sent to city prosecutors to determine possible charges. They were not arrested. Now, maybe this is something that I've missed in my journey on this planet. I have never known someone to steal property and then get caught stealing the property and the prosecutor says, or the jail or the city says, you know, I'm gonna write a letter to determine if you need to be charged with this or not. Now get out of here. I've never seen that before. You you get arrested for stealing, that's how this works. Uh, they were not. Uh, the women also requested the following statement be shared. They said, and I quote, we all drove to Walmart around 10, 20 PM on Sunday. Going in, we noticed a tiny old beaten down scooter. It wasn't tied to anything, had no name on it and had absolutely no one around it. After about an hour, we ended up walking out to see the scooter was still there. It looked abandoned 
And we truly thought it didn't belong to anyone since it was so late at night and Walmart was about to close. There's more. After writing it and taking it, which is admission of guilt, by the way, I can say we truly had no intention of stealing it. Huh? So after stealing it, you had no intention of stealing it. White privilege is a hell of a drug. We had no intention of stealing it or keeping it forever. This is all a huge misunderstanding. And we would have never taken a little boy's scooter away from him if we had known it belonged to him. Ah, you didn't know who it belonged to, so you stole it. Okay. We tried to talk to the mother so we could explain and apologize, but she would not talk to us. They concluded by saying they are regretful, they feel awful, and hope the family can forgive forgive them. We wish there was more we could do to help in the situation. Uh, despite their apology, uh, Brantley's mother said she would like to see the three women face consequences. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to, to this statement that's, I mean, right with just white privilege. It was a scooter. It was beat down. It was late. Nobody was around. It wasn't tied to anything. That means it's ours. It belongs to us. Damn it, we're white women. AB, uh, before I go to AB, put their pictures back up again. All right. Thugs. All right, go ahead, AB. I just wanted to do that one more time. No, it's okay. I'm here oh. for it because it was like three of them, right? That's that's a gang. That's a gang. Um, gang affiliated uh, activity. Gang affiliation, right? And not only are they thugs, but you're a thief. Because you stole, you don't get to take something because you don't know who it belongs to. That's not your place. That's not your right. You don't get to do that. And you stole from this little boy. I'm confused as to why they are not in jail. We have seen black people go to jail for way less because you thought a black person did something, they have been put in jail. Because somebody lied on them and said they did something, they have been put in jail. You admitted to stealing. Yeah. That is a criminal offense. Yeah. It's so interesting because in criminal law, you learn things like you actually don't need to intend to steal it forever. <laughs> if you have intent to take property that is not yours, you have committed theft. And if the property costs a certain amount of money, well, that's felony theft. We don't know how much the scooter costs, we don't know if it's motorized or not. This could possibly be felony theft based on the value of the scooter. But quite fascinating, right? That it's on camera, it's on video, they admit to it. They are in possession of the property, no ambiguity about the activity, and they have not been charged with anything. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. I'm gonna read some comments before I do that. Let me remind everyone that we have reached over 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. And even on the Facebook watch page, we're right at 500,000 subscribers. So I just wanna say thank you to everybody who continues to be extremely supportive of this platform for truth. It's a team effort every day with production crew, support staff and you, all right, okay. 
We're excited to grow the membership, so make sure you do join our YouTube page, okay? So subscribing is free, but you can join and become a member. You can become part of the indisputable family in a different way. We encourage you to do that, it starts at 499 and we have a level, the highest level is 2499. We'd love for you to connect with us and make it happen. All right, Shakita Ganai Beer Dragon says, and I'm an honorary astronaut. Right, okay, Nadi's Maximus, damn, the good doctor is on fire, indisputably. Thank you for that, all right? Uh, Super chat, Courtney says, how do you deny a whole human despicable? It's a damn shame, isn't it? Yep, very sad. Stygian Stilettos Gamer, think I said that right? Trump might be a better dancer and that's saying something. <laughs> that's right. Uh, segment says, how come these overgrown white men always attack women three times smaller? Well, you know why, Gucci man. It's always the Karen with a cheap spray tan. Donald Trump's bone spurs, uh, welcome to Indisputable membership. Thank you so much for that. Make sure you join the membership page. Uh, Twitch, who's your daddy? Isn't that illegal to claim you're law enforcement when you're not? Boom, against the law. You're right, it's against the law to impersonate a peace officer. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, got something for you. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel right. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I'm an off dirty trooper, you stupid. That's how troopers act. Be white. You'll never be white. That's how troopers act. That's how troopers act. Law enforcement don't act like that. Oh, sir, I, I have to disagree with you there, dear brother, on that last statement. Uh, so the white male says that he's an off-duty trooper. He also claimed uh, that the other person will never be white, which is accurate. Uh, and he called the person an N-word over and over again. We have identified this particular male, Karen. Let's put his picture up full mass here, okay? This male Karen has been identified as William J. Ryan, 60 years of age. He was arrested for committing a hate crime. The city of Newburgh Police Department, this is in New York. They have a press release. It says on June 14th, 2022, William J. Ryan, picture below, a 60 year old town of Newburgh resident was arrested for menacing in the second degree as a hate crime. It's actually a class E felony. This arrest is stemming from a road rage incident, boom, that's how you handle these white supremacists. I'm giving, I'm giving that police department a round of applause. I'm not anti-police, I am anti-bad police, I'm anti-negligent leadership. I am pro-good police, I'm pro-good leadership. This was good, this was correct, all right? Uh, glad to see the wheels turning in the right direction, that's exactly how I would handle this situation if I happen to be chief of police, I'm gonna lock your ass up for menacing residents in that way. That's exactly what this police department did. They utilized the statutory dynamic within their code. They applied it accurately and appropriately and the man is facing justice and possibly will learn a lesson and it not escalate to something even more deadly or dangerous in the future. AB thoughts. 
I'm glad that the police department did the right thing in this instance. And you know, these folks are getting justice for what happened to them. Um, because like we said, I said earlier, it's just getting out of control. The the Karen, the Karenism is, is out of control completely. Um, and I don't know why people think by claiming they're a police officer, it puts you above disrespecting somebody. You can't, what's the point? Well, that's what they believe. They believe <laughs> that policing protects their white supremacy. And a lot of police officers believe that as well. So it, it, it's not a stretch for an actual white racist person to say, I'm the police. Because to them, the police protect their white nationalism. All right, a deputy US Marshal, according to the report, spies on his exes, utilizes official government equipment and spies on his previous romantic interest. Okay, let's get into it. This is based on devices that are able to be tracked. The deputy US marshal, his name is Adrian Pina, was charged in a 14 count indictment with misconduct dating back to 2016. Officials say he misused the service provided by Securist Technologies for personal reasons while assigned to a task force in the Uvalde County Sheriff's Office. One of the law enforcement agencies now under intense scrutiny after the mass shooting. Now, we searched for an actual verified photo of this individual. We could not find one, one may be provided later, okay? Here's part of the problem. They never want to really make an example out of their own, they don't wanna send a message to the rest of law enforcement that this will not be tolerated. Now I guarantee you this would have been, let's say head of the Pyro Bloods or Crip, right? Or Gangster Disciple or something. Uh, this would have been a press conference, pictures posted everywhere. You could not find, uh, you could not find uh, any place where a mugshot was not located if this was a non-law enforcement person. So, He's been charged with 11 counts of obtaining confidential phone records, two counts of false statements and one count of falsification of a record. As part of his job in the, with the Lone Star Fugitive Task Force, this federal agent had access to a database that allowed users to look up the location of cell phones. I want you to think about how deep this is. While the database was supposed to only be used for legitimate law enforcement work, this federal agent used it on numerous occasions to obtain location data associated with the cell phones of his personal associates, including individuals whom Pina had been in a personal relationship and their spouses, according to the indictment. The man literally had access to a database that many of us, many of us didn't even know existed. You mean to tell me you don't need a warrant for that? There's more. It wasn't immediately clear why it took nearly five years to charge this federal agent, during which time he apparently remained a paid employee while under investigation. And they had active knowledge that he was engaged in this kind of criminal activity. Officials charged that when Pina was confronted and questioned in 2017 by the Justice Department Office of the Inspector General, he lied and claimed he did not use the database for personal reasons. 
He allegedly said he had occasionally accessed the database to help friends find their cell phones or to assess whether the system was working properly. Okay, um, so he actually admitted he misused it. He says, "Oh, come on, guys! No, 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 no! I was trying to help my friends find their cell phones. Okay, you need to download the cell phone find me app. Okay, you're utilizing a sophisticated, actually classified to some level. Everybody does not have access to it. Government database." in order to spy on your friends. Now, here's the other thing. I don't buy this story from the inspector. I don't think they really believed him. I think they just wanted him to say something on record and allow him to continue to do his job. Because these are investigators, investigating investigators, right? So you mean to tell me that you all are so piss poor at your job as an investigator that his simple as ridiculous answer was all that was needed for you to not investigate him? For what he did in 2017 makes no sense. Um, Asked specifically if he used the system to find the location of a family member, friend, or former girlfriend. Uh, the law enforcement, the federal agent said no, which prosecutors alleged was a lie. After he was questioned by the agents, uh, he allegedly set up a face to face meeting with one of the people whose phone he had traced and persuaded her to sign a document stating that she gave him permission to look up her phone information. The indictment alleges that the written statement was false and designed to obstruct the investigation into the federal agent's conduct, all right? Uh, Pina skirted that requirement by uploading documents that had nothing to do with the authorization. Um, So you're supposed to have an authorization document, there's a protocol. So what he did is he uploaded documents And these documents either had nothing to do with the actual action he committed or they were blank pages because he knew there was no protocol to check. There was no oversight. So you have a couple of failures here. One, a corrupt ass cop, okay? Two, a system that decided not to provide proper oversight per mandate. All right, AB thoughts on this? Yeah, see, this is really scary. And this is how we get wrongful convictions, right? When you have police officers that can just do what they want and use whatever materials they want to get confessions and affidavits and stuff like that. That is extremely scary. Despite the fact that you was using it to spy on somebody who clearly don't want to mess with you no more. I can see why they are not fooling with you no more. But I think that every case that this man's name is on needs to be reviewed. Because we don't know what other corruption he has been involved in. You don't just do stuff like this one time. You use it to get your way and I'm sure he's gotten his way plenty of times. I'm pretty sure some people sitting in jail right now who shouldn't be sitting in jail, but it's because of him. So I really hope they do a thorough investigation. We know the reality is it's gonna probably you know slip through the cracks a little bit, but yeah. I really hope somebody gets on top of it. And anybody who's, who his name is on their case, I hope you get a good lawyer and they review your case and they review it thoroughly. That's right, and listen. You cannot assume that this guy is only corrupt in this area. That's, that would be a ridiculous assumption. This person is rotten to the core. You have to now investigate all of the previous cases he's been involved in. And here's the other dynamic, whoever the investigator was from the inspector's office needs to now be investigated too, all right? We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. So um, I did have a viewer who has now tagged me on social media with name and address of the white male who decided to threaten black women at a park. I'm going to take this information and I thank you to the viewer. I'm saying thank you. I'm going to take this information and I'm going to turn it over to our friends in law enforcement. Okay, all right? We get along with the cops, good ones, all right? Once again, not anti-police, anti-bad police. All right, let me read some of these comments. We got a lot. Uh, don't forget, we have a pretty massive billboard campaign all across the United States, including Times Square. We got some in LA, Las Vegas, Nevada, Houston, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, Conyers, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi, and more. All right. So if you see the indisputable billboard, take a picture and tag a brother. All right. Very thankful for truth being amplified, okay? Just letting more people know about the opportunity to actually hear truth. All right, read some of these amazing comments. Uh, Nadia's Maximus says, justice is a, it, it is a B. David Morris, you'll never be white. Who did he think they were? Candace Owens? All right. Uh, Mike Boy Rap says, oh wow, got arrested, question mark. Guess he wasn't a cop. <laughs> That's right. That's the first thing you could conclude out of that. He was not the police. All right. Um, who's your daddy say he needs to go to jail? This is horrifying. That's right. Okay. You know, the white supremacist group, Patriot Front, they all got arrested too. Okay. There's one particular individual, a white male extremist. Um, he has now been kicked out of his mama's house because his mother says she did not raise him to be a white supremacist. Uh, let me remind you of the arrest. So Patriot Front got pulled over. They were all piled in the U-Haul and they are all detained. What? According to the charges, these individuals in Idaho decided to provoke. They wanted to provoke violence at an LGBTQ plus pride event and they were stopped by local law enforcement. Let's put up the picture of the guy who has now been kicked out of his mama's house. His name is Jared Michael Boyce. He was among the 31 Patriot Front members who were arrested and his mother, whose name is Karen, ironically, has kicked him out of her home as a result. Now. What is the baby gonna do? Karen, his mother, now this is a Karen I can get down with, told the Daily Beast that her son struggled since his father left their family years ago and came out as gay. Okay. And she said she was going public in hopes of damaging her son's reputation in the group and finally cut ties with the white nationalist. I would love to do whatever I can to out him as a Patriot Front member so that he can't be part of it, Ms. Amsden said. 
and that they don't want him to be part of their group because his mom has loose lips and a big mouth and he's never going to get away with anything. <laughs> we, we, I'm going to, okay. We're going to call Karen KK, as AB said before the show. I see why. This is some KK stuff right here. All right. She may be a Karen in name, but she's a KK in heart. All right, Ms. Amsden said her son had vowed to remain with the group after his release from jail. So she gave him an ultimatum. She said, and I quote, I told him, well, then you can't live here. You can choose between Patriot Front and your family, she said. And he's like, well, I can't quit Patriot Front. I'm like, well, then you've just chosen. So pack up your stuff and get out of my house. Damn. Now that's a mama. Uh, Boyce found the group online in 2018, according to the narrative, when he was married and with his then wife and their children. Miss Amsden said he quickly changed his views, became repugnant to her. He's so misguided and brought into all their, bought into all of their rhetoric. It just makes me sick, she said. This is not who I raised. This is not the example that was set for him. And I gotta say this. Nine times out of 10, when you hear a story where parents say, well, I didn't raise my child to be a racist, they're lying. I mean, nine times out of 10, like that's a lie because they will run to the defense of their ideology, try to protect the reputation of their child. They don't do things like this. This is radical leadership. Radical leadership is needed in parenting when there's radical dysfunction. And this is what you're saying. Some of you may not agree with the tone of this mother. I actually do agree with the tone of this mother because the radical leadership being displayed by her son can get someone killed or her son killed. That's radical leadership being displayed by him. She is displaying a formation of radical leadership herself within the context of being a parent. She has a goal here. She's not aimlessly trying to just besmirch her son. She wants to stop this group from ever wanting him around. And she is taking, yes, radical measures to accomplish that. AB, thoughts on this? Hey, Mama KK, I'm here <laughs> for it. I like Mama KK because she did, she did the right thing. So first of all, um, anytime you got 31 men in a group chat and they got on matching outfits, <laughs> I don't know if they straight. So just yeah. you might wanna be a little concerned about your son, Mama KK. But <laughs> other than that, I think she did the right thing because in order for us to stop racism, it has to come from the root, right? It's not up to us as black people to continue to do it. It's gonna take your parents, it's gonna take other white people to check you. So I'm glad that this mother set an example and I hope other mothers do this when they see their children out of line and displaying hatred and racism and, and bigotry and all these type of things. Take action, cuz this this is how you stop it. So I know his friend group, they probably sick of him, but good, good for mama KK. And she did the right thing. There's so much mis misrepresentation. There's no issue with anyone being a member of the LGBTQ community, etc. The issue I have is the hypocrisy. Be an advocate for the communities that you represent. Be an advocate for the communities that you are a part of. Uh, seek allied relationships to build, not to destroy. And so I'm with this mother for trying to tear down the connection between this white nationalist group and her son.
Okay. I knew it. Jenny Dam Thomas is still in a cult. That's according to experts. Let's do it this way. Let me remind you of the cult she used to be in. Here it is. All right, uh, Jenny Thomas, the wife of United States Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was in a cult, we know that. She admitted, hey, I was in a cult called Lifespring. We did some things together. We believed some things that were kind of far out. We were a cult. All right, there's more to the story. Um, according to NBC News, people who knew Jenny Thomas back then, are appalled by seeing her go down the election fraud conspiracy rabbit hole. It's difficult to reconcile, they say. Thomas then and Thomas now. For people who worked with her at the height of her anti-cult activism through the late 1980s said in interviews. After she spent years trying to expose cults because she was a part of one, she went to expose other cults. These people found Thomas's efforts to promote outlandish plans to overturn the 2020 results, particularly the text messages, <clears throat> excuse me, and emails in which she referenced false election conspiracies that originated in QAnon circles on the internet, surprising. Democrats and Republicans alike have said QAnon supporters exhibit cult-like behavior. Now, remember, Jenny Thomas not only exhibits cult-like behavior, she applied pressure on the chief of staff of Donald Trump to do whatever he needed to do to keep him in office because he would be doing according to her the work of God that's cult like language. She put pressure on other members of Congress and even other state governments to try and keep Donald Trump actively president illegally in the United States of America. Now, this may not really be a story if She's not married to a United States Supreme Court justice. There's more. An example of this erratic behavior was her text exchange with Mark Meadows. Let's go to the video. Three days after election day, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas texted Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, urging him to keep fighting the results. Do not concede, Ginny Thomas wrote. It takes time for the army who is gathering for his back. That text is one of 29 between Mrs. Thomas and Mr. Meadows, which he provided to the January 6th committee last year, according to a person familiar with the material. 
quote, help this great president stand firm, Mark, she texted on November 10th. The majority knows Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history. In other texts, Mrs. Thomas pushed debunked conspiracy theories and offers advice for the Trump team. What army is she talking about? Has anybody questioned her about this army? She said that it takes time for this army to come. Um, according to former deprogrammer, a guy named Rick Ross, not that Rick Ross, another one, who knew Thomas years ago, he said, and I quote, <clears throat> Jenny Thomas was out there active in the late 80s and early 90s. And then she really went a different path while admitting she should be given credit for the previous efforts against cults. Ross will go on to say, I think Jenny Thomas probably feels that life spring is something that she understands and can break down and that QAnon is something entirely different, Ross added. My impression is that she's just an extremely conservative political activist and that she's very anti anyone on the left. Speaking as someone who has done more than 500 cult interventions, you can't deprogram someone's sincerely held beliefs. Another associate who did not want to give her name over safety fears told NBC, here is Jenny Thomas sort of getting sucked into the basically equivalent of a cult again. Some of the team that did her intervention has stayed in touch with her over the years, recalled another associate from her anti-cult days. But she became progressively this level of right wing. This is off the scale for me. These are people that knew, worked with, and loved Jenny Thomas, saying, she is back in a cult. AB, thoughts here. Jenny Thomas is an insurrection kingpin, period. Um, this is concerning because her husband is a Supreme Court justice, right? And we know happy wife, happy life. So mm. we don't know how that's gonna affect our country. That's very scary. Um, on the other hand, I do wanna say that the greatest heist in the history of America was when Christopher Columbus got lost. And he came over here and decided that he had discovered America and took over. That was a heist. What yeah. happened during the election was what was supposed to happen. Majority of the country decided that they didn't want to deal with Donald Trump as president anymore and they voted as such. So we need to stop this narrative that he stole the election. No, y'all tried to steal it and it didn't work. That's right, well said. All right, we got more, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Okay, all right, there we go. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let's get to it. Um, I will be with Karen Hunter on Sirius XM Radio, co-hosting with her 4 to 6 p.m. this Thursday. Make sure you join if you can. Also Juneteenth, so very special. TYT is hosting our fourth annual Juneteenth. Um, I will be there, I would love for you to be there with me. We got a big panel, all right? We will discuss the significance of Juneteenth, why it's so important to acknowledge the struggles and why this is a moment that we all should celebrate, everybody, all right? Tune in Monday, June 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on tyt.com forward slash live. All right, uh, Travel Nurse Dragon says classic, he lives in his mom's basement, exactly. Everybody saw that coming, yeah. Adrian Vixen, I'm glad a Karen did, I like that, yeah. David Morris, oh, the irony, a woman named Karen is Antica. <laughs> Boom. Okay. You know what happens 
when the police arrest white supremacist, white racist, well, white racist people threaten to kill them. That's what happens. Now, do you really think that white nationalists are pro-police and somehow Black Lives Matter is anti-police? Let me provide a contrast here. White nationalist who decided to commit to a criminal act or attempt a criminal act get arrested. They get arrested, they go to jail. White nationalists throughout the country, they now threaten to kill the police chief and other cops. Let's contrast that. How many Black Lives Matter protests ended in arrest? Many people got arrested. How many members of Black Lives Matter or those who are with the movement called the police department and threatened to kill the police chief or kill other cops? Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay, uh, the Idaho police that arrested 31 members of the white nationalist group Patriot Front, they are now under threat. They've been receiving death threats since the arrest, all right? Uh, they arrested them because th- this group was going to create havoc and violence at an LGBTQ plus event over the weekend. Um, let's go to the video. I will tell you that uh, I had one of our captains assigned to listening to all the phone calls this morning. And of the 149 calls that we know of so far that have come in, uh, they're about 50-50 split, split between individuals in our community who are happy to, to give us their name and tell us uh, that they're they're proud of the work that we did and they're they're happy to be a part of this community. And the other 50% who are completely anonymous and want nothing more than to scream and yell at us um, and um, use some really choice words, uh, offer death threats against myself and other members of the police department merely for doing our jobs. Um, those people obviously remain anonymous and don't tell us where they're from, although we had a car call as far away as uh, Norway. Cowards, white nationalist, the movement, Significantly connected to the conservative movement rooted in violence. It is rooted in violence. That's why you see this kind of response. Um, Officers also have received threats of doxing. Phone numbers or addresses online, White said the majority of the threats being made appear to be from outside of the Coeur d'Alene community, according to the chief. The 911 caller who reported the little army of white nationalists would not be identified, White said in a quote, since myself and other members of my agency have been receiving threats, including death threats, I think it appropriate to withhold that person's information. And I actually agree with you. Additionally, police had received prior threats from opposing groups leading up to the city's annual pride in the park event which highlights the civil rights struggles of the LGBTQ communities. Additional staff were allocated to the Pride event, but there was no intelligence specific to the group Patriot Front, White said. White praised the 911 caller for their diligence in reporting what they saw, saying it likely prevented a dangerous conflict. Once again, another police chief doing it the right way, doing it the right way, applying the law fairly, equal application of the law. Now, there are many jurisdictions who actually stopped lawful gay pride or LGBTQ plus pride events, stopped them. We heard no report from the police chief or other cops that members of that community or those that supported them decided 
to threaten to kill the police chief. It's not the spirit of the movement. You have to understand you're, de- you're dealing with different spirits, different dynamics, different sentiments here. Black Lives Matter, the LGBTQ plus community, these groups are about freedom and liberation, coalition building, love, unity. Groups like Patriot Front are antithetical to that position. When the law is applied accurately, they get offended. They don't complain, they then threaten violence because that's the core of their actual movement. AB, thoughts on this? Definitely. Um, so I think it's ironic that these groups were upset about defunding the police, but then when you don't get your way, it's okay to be extreme and, and threaten to kill them, right? Um, Thank you to this police chief for doing the right thing and for protecting this group. The reality is that these patriots, right? They came with grenades, right? Gas grenades. You came to do harm. You were arrested because you did something criminal. That is why you went to jail. So there's no point in sending them death threats. They did their job, and that community should be happy that the police were on top of it and able to do their job. At the end of the day, Period. That's all that matters. Um, I think it's also ironic that this group feels like you know they don't appreciate the pride event because they're grooming children. But when you come to inflict violence on people who are just enjoying their liberties, the liberties that white men have never had to fight for, have never had to march for, what type of example are you showing children at that point? What type of grooming are you doing then? You're grooming people for hatred, you're grooming people for violence, and more of you will be arrested. So let's be wise about the decisions that we make. If you don't like what they're doing, stay away from it. But you don't understand how it is to have to fight for your rights, fight for your liberty just to be yourself. That's right, farewell said. All right, a mom is now taking action because the school refused to, even though the school was aware of racial bullying against her own child. Let me give you the background to this story. Let's put up a picture of the front of the school, okay? Parents of a black teen at a majority white middle school in Tennessee are fighting back after being bullied and harassed for months. They are filing a federal lawsuit against school officials. The teen's mother, Erica Quails, contends in the lawsuit. She repeatedly sought help from administrators at Church Hill Middle School and Hawkins County Director of Schools, Matt Hickson. But they either ignored or downplayed her complaints. But let me tell you why I believe this woman. I believe this woman because right here on Indisputable, we have reported on the same kind of stories throughout this country. We've reported on children who committed suicide. Because school systems decided to ignore the racial bullying that was happening and legitimate complaints were logged, they were filed. And they did absolutely nothing. So now you have a parent who's being proactive and bringing this to the forefront of the federal courts. Quail's son was regularly subjected to a pervasive, racially hostile school environment in which he was referred to by the N word. Subjected to a barrage of other racial epithets, such as monkey, shown hate based depictions of the KKK or of a KKK member holding a torch and a noose, taunted as the 
brunt of a slave auction, chased and ridiculed with a stuffed monkey, and shown depictions of African Americans characters being stabbed and shot. That's all in the lawsuit. This happened over a period of time while the mom is complaining and filing reports and trying to get answers and remedy from the administration. It is continuing to pile on this child. In the first incident detailed in the lawsuit, the child was sitting in class when a white student walked in, shoved the child and yelled, fight me you blank monkey. Well, son ignored the white student, but he persisted. While eating lunch that same day in the school cafeteria, the same white student yelled at Quail's son from across the cafeteria, calling him the N word and the B word. Quail's alleges that this incident occurred within hearing distance of school faculty, but no corrective action was taken by any of the school staff. Near the end of the school day, the same white student stalked Quail's son through the gym and out the back exit of the school building. While Quail's son was on his way to football practice, the same white student yelled, come back here N word. And when Quail's son turned around, the white student slapped him in the face. After the students were separated, the white student was sent home while Quail's son was sent to the administrator's office as if he did something wrong. Let's put up a picture of the first administrator I'm going to expose here, okay? While in the office, assistant principal Natasha Bice, the school administrator allegedly demanded that he tell her what he said to the white student. What did you say to him to make him call you the N word and slap you in your face and bully you today? And why didn't he just walk away? She also demanded to know what names he called the white student to prompt him to use the N word or cause him to come into the classroom and shove him. That's the administrator, according to the lawsuit, who posed those dumbass questions to this child. The lawsuit also includes screenshots of proof, let's put that up, of the abuse, including a photograph taken from a Snapchat video posted by white students at the school with the caption, monkey chasing monkey. The video shows white students, one of whom was holding a stuffed monkey taunting Quail's son, who is biracial as he sought to flee. They posted it on the internet. On March 14th, 2022, while walking the hallways of Church Hill Middle School, a white male student began promoting what he referred to as the monkey of the month campaign. According to this school-wide campaign, the student who acted the most in word would be elected monkey of the month. There is so much here, so many incidents, so many scenarios where this child was racially bullied and administration did nothing about it. I'm going to expose every single one of them, okay? When Quail's son informed his mother of that incident, she immediately sent an email to the principal. His name is Scott Jones. Scott Jones reporting the drawing and expressing concern about the incident. It was a racial drawing and his impact on her son. Jones apologized but took no action against the white students who were involved in that racist bullying against her son. Let's go to the next guy. Quails also reported the incidents to Hawkins County Director of School. That person's name is Matt Hickson. 
Director Hint Hickson told Ms. Quayles that school administrators were made aware of the incident and that a full investigation was underway. The school system delayed this investigation, however, and did not interview the male student responsible for the racial taunting until several weeks later. Let's put all three of them up. At a follow-up meeting with Hicks and Jones, Vice and School Administrator Thomas Floyd Hicks and told Quails, the school administration was not going to focus on past incidents, but work hard to make sure they didn't have any more racially motivated events. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You may not want to focus on past incidents, but we are. Okay. Now I wish I could do more. I wish I could do more. I wish I could take the pain away from this child. But what I can do is expose the monsters who allowed the atmosphere to permeate around this beautiful young soul. I can bring some pain to this administration and that's what I'm gonna do. AB thoughts here. Yes, as a parent, it's hard to hear that this is the type of environment you know that students are, have to learn in, right? Um, on the one hand, I think that in regards to an investigation, it needs to be come from an outside source, right? Because you cannot have people who are okay with racism, because this is clearly this administration is okay with the racist acts that are going on. You can't have them investigate. A situation like this because you're not going to be able to see the problem when you condone it. This is why we need to learn about critical race theory in our school so that the students understand why this type of behavior is not okay, why it's offensive, and the history of where it comes from. It's not funny. It's dangerous and it causes so much trauma, not only within this boy, but the black community in general. Right, we have faced this trauma for so long, for so long, and administrators don't take it serious. And you want to fight against teaching your children about racism, but this is why. So when, and I don't condone violence at all, but when one of your white kids gets slapped for being racist and out of pocket, then you're gonna think that that black boy who took action is wrong. But at this point, what else do we do? You don't yeah. want to teach your kids better. This is cultural, um, this kind of atmosphere only exists when there's a cultural dynamic. Parents are racist, children are racist, school administration racist, and a child of color has no chance, all right? It's a damn shame. We're gonna follow this story, lawsuit is pending. We got more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. All right, former Atlanta mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has been tapped to work for the Biden administration. Keisha Lance Bottoms, former mayor of Atlanta, will work in a pivotal role. It's going to be interesting to see how this turns out for the midterm elections. She will join the Biden administration. A White House official has now confirmed to CBS News she is set to replace Cedric Richmond. Cedric Richmond was the director of the Office of Public Engagement. Richmond resigned from the position in May. It was not immediately clear when Mayor Bottoms will start. I do imagine she will start very soon because part of that job is to create bridges 
between various communities and the White House. It's actually a dope position, okay? But it can be a difficult position to navigate. Uh, the one term former mayor, who was the second woman ever elected to the city of Atlanta mayorship, shocked the political world when she announced last year she would not run for reelection. Before President Biden announced uh, Vice President Kamala Harris as his running mate in 2020, Lance Bottoms was considered among the top contenders for the position. So let me give you some background as to what this actually means, the role itself. The director of the White House Office of Public Engagement, beginning in the coming weeks, Bottoms will immediately have access to some of the most high level planning and strategy sessions in the West Wing and direct access to President Biden. The role is integral to the developing uh, to developing Biden's policies and then convincing the broader Democratic coalition that the president is charting the right approach. The stakes are high, Bottoms will be responsible for navigating divergent policy goals between progressives and centrists ahead of what's expected to be an ugly midterm cycle for Democrats. Um, Biden said, and I quote, Keisha is bright, honorable, tough, and has the integrity required to represent our administration to the American public. Biden said in a statement, Jill and I have known Keisha for a long time and look forward to working with her more closely. This is going to be really interesting because Mayor Bottoms was a very good mayor in many regards and dropped the ball in some others. I think that's the reason why she decided not to run for reelection, all right? But a very good person, very decent individual. AB thoughts. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Go ahead, Keisha. I think if anybody can bring a group of people together, no matter what side you on, it's Keisha. So go. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. All right, you. and let and let me say this. I told Mayor Bottoms this years ago. She's actually a foster mother. She 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 adopted her son. I said, you know, you always have a special place in my heart because I was adopted myself. All right, so we'll see what happens. We'll continue to give you updates. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm -hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's well, a racist I, 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 policy, I racist policy. Shelly, here's what I don't know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.